Hey, everyone. I'm glad you're all here. Uh, we're just going to jump right into it. I'm really excited to be here to share this stuff. And so um, I'm going to go ahead and start. We got a big passage in your little handout, John 15. And so we're just going to read that, and um, we'll go from there. Uh, this is Jesus talking. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. I'm going to take that sort of, I guess, emotional bit there and kind of dash it to pieces with a funny video. Uh, we're going to watch a quick little a vine, as is, I guess, my specialty by now. We're going to check that out, let it loop a few times, and then... Uh, We'll resume. One more time. There it is. It's a good one. That, that, that gets on all the compilations, I feel like, honestly. Um, I spend too much time looking at Vine compilations. But... Uh, it helps for times like this, get something kind of to break the ice a little. But so it, this applies, okay? And so tie in number one, even though vine is dead, as we see here, Jesus is the true vine, all right? We just read that. It's uh. the best joke of the night, guys. Watch out. Tie in number two. Jesus describes us as branches in this, in this passage we saw. And so it's important that we stay connected to him. And we do that by abiding, all right? And so abiding goes by a few different names. Uh, some translations say remain or dwell or walk in the spirit kind of is a few ways you might have heard that stated. And so all that I'm about to say um, uh, has to do with being a follower of Christ and specifically having the Holy Spirit inside of us. And so if you want to learn more about the Holy Spirit, you should check out Paul's message uh, about that on our podcast. Uh, the message is called Unstoppable Power. It was last semester. It was really good. If you weren't there for that, you should check that out, and it'll maybe fill in some gaps. But uh, I'm just going to be talking about the Holy Spirit, about abiding. When we become a follower of Christ, the Holy Spirit comes into our heart and from then on, we have a day-to-day, moment-to-moment choice to live by the Spirit or by the flesh, right? So I'm going to be diving into the chapter we just read, uh, picking out some principles that apply to our perspective in abiding in Christ. And then uh, later, we're also going to look at Galatians chapter 5 and learn more about how uh, we abide. I'm going to pray before we go any further. Father, thank you so much for being here with us and for 
everything that you've done in our lives up until this moment and everything you will do in us uh, for eternity. And so I pray that tonight we would just gain perspective, gain insight, but most importantly gain application and a response to what your word has to say, to the ways that your spirit might convict each of us tonight. We're all coming from different places and different spiritual backgrounds, but God, this is something that is foundational, that applies to our walk with you, and um, I pray that we just, we all take something away from tonight that will apply very specifically to us. In your name, amen. So jumping right in. Why should I abide? John 15, we're going to be looking at that. And so take, I'm going to take little pieces of it, little verses, and that's going to have to do with those little, little blanks on your handout. So first, abiding enables us to do anything of value. <laughs> all right? It enables us to do anything. All right? What's it say? Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. From apart from me, you can do what? You can do nothing, right? That's, that's a lot. That's pretty heavy. And so that phrase, apart from me, you can do nothing. I mean, there's a few responses we could have to that. It might just be bumming you out, you know? It's like, it's kind of defeating, right? Oh, I can't do anything <laughs> on my own. You know, it's, it might be help, kind of, you might feel helpless. It could frustrate you. It's kind of like a, kind of a nasty thing to hear at first, like, like frustrating, like, what an audacious thing for Jesus to say, you know, that apart from him, we can't do anything, anything of value. Um, but you could choose to let these words humble you. And, uh, you know, if you acknowledge the fact that apart from Jesus, you can do nothing, it will set you up for living in a way that is dependent on him and the Holy Spirit. And that's the best way to live. And so for me, you know, as a follower of Christ, and I mean, specifically, I struggle really with the feeling that I can be like a good Christian on my own and that I can do good works or change the world on my own. But, um, but, even, but, but I'm constantly faced with the reality that apart from him, I can do nothing. When I'm faced with that, I have no other option but to, than to willingly submit myself to him. So this submission, you know, usually takes the form of a quick prayer, you know. I don't know, it just goes something like this. Like, if I, if I realize I'm trying to do something, you know, just kind of on my own, and I'm in the flesh, I'm like, okay, God, I know that I need to abide in you. I'm not doing that right now. And so... I might, I might confess a sin, but um, God, I pray that you come into my life now, fill me with your spirit. I want to abide in you so that I can make choices uh, that reflect uh, your, your will and your control in my life. And so that's maybe kind of a template for sort of how I do that. And so um, this is just a day-to-day, like I said, moment-to-moment thing, guys. Uh, Galatians 6, 7 through 8 says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Man, I just, I really gravitate to these like like heavy, tough verses. These are tough verses, guys. So if you're, 
you're here maybe for the first time and you're like, this is a lot, you know, I understand, you know, it is, <laughs> trust me. But um, it's, these, are, these are truths worth kind of grasping and worth grappling with. Uh, but the question that I want to ask you is, what are you, what are you sowing to with your life right now? What are you sowing to? And it gives us kind of two options here. The one who sows to his own flesh or from the flesh reap what corruption. And that's, that's our normal state, right, guys? This is, you know, we want to do what we want to do. We're going to sow to that. We're going to do things that support our own desires. Um, but if we abide in the vine, if we abide in the spirit, the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. Uh, and eternal life that, that starts now, really. You know, life that is abundant. Um, John 10, 10. Anyways. And then, uh, so... What are you sowing to? Abiding. Abiding is the difference between accomplishing something and accomplishing nothing. And I know that this is like a huge, very much a college student thing. We all want to make an impact with our life, you know? Maybe you said that, you know, today. (laughs) I don't know. But it's a very common thing, you know. I think a lot of people who are older than us, a lot of people have given up on that and they're just trying to work, you know, do their thing. But um, we want to make an impact. And this is perhaps the purest way I can think of doing that, you know, is to, to abide, really, and to surrender yourself over to, to Jesus, not just that one time a long time ago, but, but every day, you know, making that a, a part of your life. Second, abiding enables us to, enables us to pray with power. Enables us to pray with power. We see this in verse 7 of John 15, where it says, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. It's kind of, so perhaps you've heard that before. Um, And maybe by now you don't think much of it. You know, if you've heard it enough, it's like, okay, you know, if you do this, then okay, cool. Perhaps you've never heard this before, and it sounds way too good to be true. Like, that doesn't sound plausible, you know. And so if you identify with either of those attitudes, like, oh, I've heard this, or, oh, no, that's impossible, then I suggest you rethink the way you approach this verse, honestly. Because Jesus' words here are audacious, uh, and they're also conditional, where it says, you know, if you do something, then something will happen. If you abide in him, and his words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. And so his claim is a bold one, but uh, how many of us have taken him up on it? And uh, I mean, first of all, if you're truly abiding in Christ, you're not trying to like trick God or test him by like saying, well, you said, you know, you're not trying to do like sort of, um, you know, strong arm into doing something or whatever. It's just like when you abide, you're just trying to go with his motion for your life um, and trust him. And so and then second, I've lately, I don't know, just been learning about this. It's been on my heart recently, just what it means to, like, struggle with God in prayer. Uh, and if you're abiding and you're filled with passion about something, you're, you're bound to bring it to God. And perhaps, like, in anguish, really. And we see examples of this in the Bible. And so there's two significant examples, one of which is in 1 Samuel. Uh, I was reading this in a, in a quiet time a few weeks ago. And... Um, it's like a weird context that I can't get into in total. But uh, this guy Samuel, God's talking to him. And God says, I regret uh, that I've made Saul king. For he has turned back from following me 
and is not performed my commandments. And Samuel was angry, and he cried to the Lord all night. Mine says angry. This one says distressed. He's just like, ah, you know? And like, this is, and it says nowhere in the, in the passage, like, in Samuel, like, sinned. You know, he shouldn't have done. Like, it just says he was angry. You know, he was upset about that. And there's this whole thing about, you know, Saul and, like, all that stuff. It's even weird. Like, God regrets doing something? Like, what's that? I'm not even going to try and, like, unpack what that means, like, theologically. Uh, but Samuel's like, this doesn't make any sense. He's just, he's upset about it, you know? But he cries out to the Lord all night because it's something that's important to him. And he knows that God is the one that he can he bring these requests to. And then the other example that I have, so this guy, his name is um, Jesus. <laughs> He's in the Bible in a few places. And uh, in Hebrews 5, uh, chapter, or, chapter 5, verse 7, it says, In the days of his flesh, uh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverence. And so, you know, what an odd thing, you know, Jesus, who, and who, by the way, he's the guy talking to us in John 15 saying, you know, if you invite in him, um, then ask whatever you wish, you know, and it'll be done for you. And see, he's offering this stuff, this stuff up to God. Even he wasn't, you know, immune from, you know, getting just, uh, immune from having to cry out to God, you know. That was something that he had to do as well. And so in Luke 22, um, it just specifically says, Luke 2, 22, 42, says, this is Jesus talking. He's about to go to the cross. He's about to do the sacrifice that he came to do, really. But he says, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not by will, but yours be done. And so this, this applies to what we're talking about, right? Because he says, remove this cup from me. What that means is, Make this not have to happen. He knows that this is going to be, you know, just brutal, what he's about to go through. And he's like, God, like, could you just not do that, you know? And so according to John 15, 7, if you ask, you know, whatever you wish, it'll be done for you. Like, what's going on? But he says, not my will, but yours be done. And so he's abiding. <laughs> he's abiding in himself. <laughs> and... Uh, and he's yielding himself to God's plan. And so the abiding follower of Christ yields to God in prayer. The abiding follower cries out to God and, and requests these things, but also yields to God, knowing that he's in control. And the, the deepest desire of our heart, if we're truly abiding in him, is for him to do what he wants, you know. But God is also willing and able to fulfill the requests that we come to him with. One more verse for this section. James 5.16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So, you know, pray with power, right? We can pray with power. And so this righteous person, though, we don't just become a righteous person. We don't just do righteous stuff on our own in order to gain this, like, righteous person status that we can have powerful and effective prayers. These powerful and effective prayers come from abiding in God, abiding in the vine, so that 
we can obtain the righteousness that he gives. He's the one who gives us righteousness, not our, ourselves. We don't just generate these, this righteousness by good deeds. And so that's how we can, can apply this. And so next point, abiding enables us to glorify God. Abiding enables us to glorify God. Verse 8 of this chapter says, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. We were created, guys, to bring glory to God. But we don't do that automatically, because something, something very bad happened that kind of mixed things up in us, you know? Where we want to do the right thing sometimes, but... Um, our flesh gets in the way. And so um, we don't do this automatically anymore. We don't bring glory to God automatically. But so this chain of events that we see in the Bible, first, we have to abide. This is in the verse. We, we have to abide in him by inviting the spirit in to, um, to our heart to make us more like him, put him in, the, in control of our life. Next, then we bear fruit. Then we bear good fruit that... Um, that other people can see. This is something that um, is, a, is a witness to God's change in our life. And, um, and that's what brings glory, glory to God. This glorifies God. So we abide in him. That causes us to bear fruit, not of our own strength. Uh, and then we glorify God. So until we do those things, we're not, we're not bringing glory to God in that way, in the way that he wants and so worshiping and glorifying God, it doesn't also, it doesn't have to just do with musical, you know, sung worship. This is our commonly associated, you know, worship, you know, or glory, glorify, you know. Um, but here Jesus is clearly stating that the way we live demonstrates our heart toward him and therefore glorifies him uh, or doesn't. You know, if we don't abide, then we're not going to glorify him in that way. And so Matthew 5, 16 says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. So this is kind of a spin on this idea where if we are being a light to the world, a light to the campus, to the nations, then, then they get to glorify God. And we are bringing him glory as we bring more people into the family of God. Bearing fruit isn't just about good works. It, it's, that's part of it for sure. But bearing fruit also is about being a light to others. Um, John uh, 6.44 says, uh, what is it? For each tree is known by its own fruit. And it says, for figs are not gathered by thorn bushes or grapes picked from a bramble bush. <laughs> it's kind of a fun one. But uh, it talks about each tree is known by its own fruit. Apples, apple tree, you get apples. And so it follows that as, as followers of Christ, we produce followers of Christ. We, you reproduce after your own kind. Each tree is known by its own fruit. And so we're called to multiply in this way. And even in Acts 1.8, uh, Jesus is about to, to head out and he says, uh, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And so that's Acts 1.8 again. It's, it's not anywhere. Uh, Acts 1.8, don't look, don't look for it. Uh, where he's saying, you're, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. The Holy Spirit's what enables us, yeah, to glorify God in this way when we abide. 
And then we go out to the, to the ends of the earth and we can glorify God in this way as well when we multiply. And so the fourth point of this part is says, abiding enables us to experience God's love. Abiding enables us to experience God's love. Verse 9 of the chapter says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. And so when uh, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world. So he loves everybody. We have that. God so loved the world, everybody. Um, But we, as the recipients of that love, experience it to the fullest when we choose to abide in the vine. We, as the recipients of God's love, experience it to the fullest when we abide in the vine. Romans 15.5, excuse me, Romans 5.5 says, Hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit when we abide, through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So this is how part of how we obtain God's love and experience it specifically, right? Ephesians 3, 17 through 18 says, So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And so if you're in here and you feel like you haven't really experienced God's love, maybe taking that step is what you need to do. And this isn't always a felt thing, but I want to draw your attention to in this particular verse. It says, they may have power together with all the Lord's holy people. Together with all the Lord's holy people. And so that's a way that we can grasp God's love um, and experience it in the context of community. That is a great, that context of community, of fellowship, what we're doing here right now, you know, we're all together. Um, that's a great context in which to experience God's love. And so we experience God's love. Sometimes uh, I experience it, you know, when I'm spending time with him in the morning. Uh, I got my Bible out, and I'm really trying to just know God better. Um, uh, Paul was saying that last week, Philippians uh, 3.8, uh, indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. So just knowing him and like just basking in that love. That's Philippians 3, 8. And then, uh, but yeah, just also fellowship in this context of community where together with all the Lord's holy people uh, try and grasp God's love. And we can never fully grasp it though in this life. And so moving on from John chapter 15, we're going to look at Galatians chapter 5 a little bit because that has some good insights on this. And so I'm going to just take some verses from that and um, got some stuff about that. So first, we choose the spirit, not the flesh. This is how we abide. Choose the spirit, not the flesh. A few times in the Bible, um, we get this contrast between the flesh and the spirit a few times in the New Testament, and we can kind of all feel this, I feel like, you know, if, you've, if you are a follower of Christ, you know what it's like to be in the flesh one day, and the next day, oh, you know, I shouldn't have been in the flesh. And so, you know, you, you repent, and uh, you, you get right with God, and you invite the Spirit, right, back into your life. And so, 
Verse 16 of Galatians 5 says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And so, this is just really important to understand. These two, these things are like against each other. Um, as verse 17 actually says, they're against each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Um, Romans 8.13 says, if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. By the, if by the Spirit, it's by the Spirit that you put to death the misdeeds of the body. We can't put the misdeeds of the body to death on our own. We need to abide in God's Spirit in order to do that. And so, um, but when we do mess up, when we do slip into the flesh, step out of walking in the spirit, uh, we, the first step is to confess. We need to acknowledge before God the ways that we sinned so that he can renew us. This is a fascinating verse that I like a lot um, recently is Psalm 32.3. says, when I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away and I groaned all day long. And so, have you ever, like, felt that way? Like, if you're, you know, if, once again, if you're a follower of Christ and you're really trying to do this right and, uh, and you know, you, you mess up and you, you kind of put yourself in timeout and you're like, oh, okay, I'm just going to ignore God for a little bit. Um, you just feel that, that sense of, like, uh, like the groaning, uh, uh, and you just, like, it's just all day long, you know? I've felt that, you know? And so uh, I understand. And a lot of people, some people think that that's what it just feels like to be a Christian. You're just like, just slogging along, just feeling guilty all the time, <laughs> you know? And so I'm telling you, that's not <laughs> what it feels like to be a Christian. It feels like to be, that's what it feels like to be a Christian when you haven't confessed, when you're not walking in the Spirit. And so confess, turn back on your sin, and ask God something like this. Uh, Psalm 51, um, verses 11 through 12 says, Cast me not away from your presence. This is uh, King David talking to God. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me with a willing spirit. And so... This is the kind of prayer that we want to pray. Actually, Psalm 51, it's, it's a remarkable chapter, really, about confession. And I suggest that you read it sometime in its entirety. It's a really great way to just sort of, like, understand what our heart should look like when we're coming to God, when we confess. And so, cast me not away from your presence. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. God, I want your spirit. Uh, I want that restoration the joy of your salvation. That's just, that's, it's something so sweet. We can't, we can't not have it, you know. You want, always want to come back to it. And so, once David acknowledged his sin, he chose the spirit, not the flesh, because he knew that that's the best way to live. And I can tell you as well, that's the best way to live, guys. And so, ch choose the spirit, not the flesh. Next, we, we bear good fruit. We want to bear good fruit. And then, um, you might have seen these verses before, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And so uh, I've, I was kind of grown up in church, and uh, I kind of had these memorized for a while. And I just kind of figured that I was supposed to just 
it was just kind of a checklist of like character characteristics that I should have that I should try and produce on my own. And that's kind of the way I saw it. And um, and so that's kind of the way it was like sort of said to me, you know, just be good, <laughs> you know, do the fruit of the spirit, but th- it's the fruit of the spirit, guys, and so we need to be in the spirit, we need to be abiding in the spirit, like we said, er- like I said earlier, we abide in order to produce good fruit, and then once we do that, then we can kind of look at this list and go, all right, what's missing <laughs> in my life, and so, you know, we can make changes in our life through you know, willpower, you know, you can kind of get by, like, uh, I know I got to do this, I know I got to be patient, uh, and maybe we can strategize, you know, in our life to, like, sort of set us up to, to do this more often, but, uh, but most of all, the Holy Spirit, that's how we, um, abiding in the Holy Spirit, that's how we make changes in our life, and so, just looking at that list, you have it on your handout, I believe, uh, which of the fruit of the Spirit do you need to work on most? And once again, this isn't something to just try and like do in a way that is just on your own. But you want to abide in the vine, abide in the spirit. Say, God, what are the things? Maybe this is something you can pray to him if you're not really sure. God, what are the things on this list that are missing in my life? What are the fruits of the spirit that you want to see in me? Then finally, keep in step with the spirit. Keep in step with the spirit. I just... Took the phrase straight from the verse, guys. Verse 25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Guys, I really love that phrase, uh, keep in step with the Spirit, because to me, I guess, it implies this continual, like, process. And we're all on a journey in life, right? And living by the Spirit, it's the most enriching way to go on that journey, and so those of us who have received Christ, um, we're in a process of growth and renewal to be more like Christ. And so we're in a state of progression only, only by abiding in the Holy Spirit. We're in a state of progression only by abiding in the Holy Spirit. That's the only way that we can accomplish anything, right? And so I really encourage you to review these things later. Um, but... Uh, as, once again, as we abide in the Spirit, um, Philippians 1, 6 will be true of us. It says, and I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. And so we want to be made complete, right? And that's only going to happen. It's only going to happen if you choose day to day, moment to moment, to abide um, in the Spirit, abide in the vine. I'm going to pray. Father, Thank you so much for just the way that um, you draw us to yourself, you beckon us to yourself, God. You know that um, abiding in you is the best way for us to live. And so for those of us who have experienced that tonight, I pray that we would be refreshed and go, oh yeah, that's what, that's what this is all about. I need to be abiding more often. or I need to get back in step with the Spirit. And God, if we haven't experienced that tonight, I pray that this would be something that intrigues us to go, maybe this, maybe this is a kind of life that I can live that'll, that'll make me happy, that will satisfy. I pray that you would satisfy each of us tonight as we go home um, seeking you and seeking to abide in you. In your name, amen. Great job, David. Let's give him a hand. He's playing double duty tonight. Um, 
man, I had a thought is you don't want to live your Christian life like on a roller coaster, okay? You don't want to think, you don't live your Christian life like, oh, I went to challenge and the speaker was awesome and the music was awesome and I'm up here. And then the next day you have an argument with your girlfriend and it's like, woo. You know, and or or it could be a little more going to Hume, doing Chico Project, whatever it is, and you're just constantly. And let me just tell you, you will live that. You will live the roller coaster Christian life if you don't learn what David's talking about. If you don't learn to live what David's talking about, learning to depend on the Spirit daily. It's a process. It, following Jesus is starts with an event. It starts with a decision, but it's followed by a process. And so every day, tonight, for the rest of this day, you have to choose to allow the Spirit to live life through you. You have to, who's going to be in charge of your life tonight? Until you put the head on the pillow tonight, who's in charge? Is it the Holy Spirit or is it you? Are you, are you guiding your life or are you going to allow the Holy Spirit to guide your life? And it's not some always, it's not always some weird mystical thing. Sometimes it's just choosing to follow Jesus and trust him to, to live his life through you. And you're going to be shocked. If you, if you try to live this life for any period of time, you're going to look back and you're going to be shocked by what God does in your life. You're just going to, you're going to be blown away. And that there's always more that you can grow in this. So that was the sermon after the sermon. <laughs> but let me just encourage you, think about what is your next step? What is God calling you to do? Think about what stood out to you from tonight. Fill, start filling out these communication cards. And for the rest of this night, and then tomorrow when you wake up, man, who's going to be in charge? You or the Holy Spirit? Who's going to guide your life? So that's my question I want to leave you. So fill out these cards. Let us know how we can be praying for you. And then we're going to stand up and sing some more songs. So let's do that.